Welcome to Checking Out the Competition, Dallas Stars edition. It is Dallas weekend in Philadelphia. The Stars are playing tonight against the Flyers. The Stupid Cowboys are playing tomorrow against the Birds. So it's like full-on Dallas hatred today. And I am called, joined, I am joined by Taylor Baird of Defending Big D. Taylor, how are you? Good. How are you doing today? I always forget how elite a blog name Defending Big D is because I'm a child and it makes me laugh. You know, it's funny. Uh, I get that a lot, but then at the same time, Big D is the official nickname of Dallas. So what, do, what does that is say? It? Yes. The whole city just makes you think of dicks. That's amazing. <laughs> it's kind of full of them, too. So, I mean, you know, well, it checks well, out. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. So is, like, the rest of the earth. But I digress. Okay. So the first thing I want to ask you about um, I kind of want to talk a little bit about the Stars offseason because they had a big one. Um, they ended up signing a whole bunch of really big names. You got your Corey Perry. You got your Joe Pavelski. Um, who else did you guys get? Andre Sekera. 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 I have been told by a Stars PR great Tom Foley it is Sekera. I refuse to say names correctly like on principle so andre sekera um you yeah, so yeah you should be heard yeah you guys had one of the bigger off seasons um so before we get into how things are going for the team right now um how happy are you with what they added over the summer well if they can all get going it would be really a lot more positive um but for real i think it was it was kind of frustrating at the beginning of of training camp because day one before the guys even hit the ice, Jim Nill comes down and talks to us in the media and he says, okay, so Corey Perry has broken a, a bone in his foot and is going to be out for the next four weeks. And we were all like, what? <laughs> what did he just hurt? Like knee thing? What is this? Like poor guy can't catch a break. Um, and I think what's been really fascinating is the stars fans reactions to the signing of Corey Perry, um, it has actually been partly to blame for the Stars' terrible, uh, well, 1-6-1 one, one start, excluding the uh, outcome of the Penguins game, because we're kind of talking before that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, so there's that. And then uh, there's a kind of funny meme around Dallas Stars Twitter where it's uh, Corey Perry facts. And before, when he was a hated rival, it was always things like he eats his mashed potatoes with a spork and, you know, upside down or something kind of silly. Um, and now everybody's trying to be, like, nice to him. Oh, he's no. On the team. And so it kind of feels a little unnatural. Um, yeah. You <laughs> so, can't be nice about Corey Perry in any context, really. You can't. Even if he's but, on your team. But I can say this, he he debuted in Victory Green on Wednesday night, Tuesday night, I don't even know what day it is, sure, we'll go with Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever day it was, the Dallas played Columbus, and um, he actually looked really sharp, uh, and I don't know what that actually says about the rest of the team, that Corey Perry is the one coming in and looking pretty sharp, but he had a pretty nice setup for a point late chance that was just absolutely stonewalled by Corpus Allo, so, I mean... There's some positives already that you can kind of take out of that signing. Uh, Joe Pavelski has taken a little bit longer to kind of uh, orient himself within Montgomery's system. Uh, he looked really awesome in preseason with some of the younger kids that Dallas had. 
Um, and then it just hasn't quite seemed to translate into the regular season. So now um, the the coaching staff is, you know, I mean, Pavelski slash everybody else trying to figure out where the chemistry lies and trying to get everybody going. Um, what I think has been most fascinating is that they haven't actually been playing him a lot in front of the net on the power play which might account for why they're one for a billion um so i'm kind of curious about that decision i know he's a great playmaker but at the same time uh, i think when he was signed in the offseason stars fans had dreams of klingberg's point shots you know floated in and right yeah. by pavelski dancing in their heads and we haven't quite seen that connect so you know hopefully they all figure it out and, and both acquisitions look good um and then for the third one, Sekera, I mean, he's had his moments where he's looked good, and then he's had his moments where he's looked really bad. Um, and I think Dallas is still trying to figure out where he fits into their top six. It did not help that they lost three players on opening night against the Bruins. We lost uh, Dickinson to an upper body injury for like a week and a half, and then there was uh, Roman Pollock who got himself like crunched up against the boards went neck first it was very scary he was stretchered off the ice um and so he's out on the back end and then uh poor uh Blake Como had the worst luck of them all he took a puck to the face and then getting hit in the face he like twisted his lower body and strained a hamstring or something at the same time so when he got up after bleeding all over the ice like a stuffed pig he uh he also couldn't uh, really put weight on his on his legs, so then uh, then he was he's out for two to four weeks from opening night. So, yeah, so it's been a little bit of a crazy town in Dallas to start, to say the least. Okay, so you mentioned it briefly there. The Stars right now heading into we're recording this on Friday, and the Stars are playing the Penguins tonight. Um, so heading into that game, you guys are one six and one, and it's pretty surprising because quite a lot of really smart people um, before this season started kind of declared that the Dallas Stars are one of the favorites early to win the cup just based on the team on paper um what exactly well I I mean because they seem to fold under that pressure every single time it is a lot of pressure um but what if you had to point to something that's a problem like for example um looking at the stats page right now Ben Bishop doesn't look like he's having a super great start to the season um, eight nine nine save percentage. Um, if you had to point to something to say, like this is what's going wrong with the Dallas Stars right now, is there something that you can point to, or is it kind of a little bit of everything? So it's interesting because I feel like they all kind of play into each other, right? So when the goaltending is not as strong as you expect it to be, that tends to be problematic. When the defense mm-hmm. isn't as buttoned up as it was at the end of last year. That exposes your goaltender to more. Um, and then when you just can't score a goal to save your life, I mean, it, it kind of becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. You get right. down by a goal and then you're, you know, you're basically saying, well, shit, now we can't, we're never going to get out of this hole because we can't score to begin with. And now we've dug ourselves one. And then it becomes kind of this snowball effect and I think it's really gotten into the heads of a lot of the guys on the team um, and the coaching staff as well I mean at the end of last year 
you know, they were pretty much clicking on all cylinders and, and did look like a team. I mean, they were literally two inches away from a Jamie Ben wraparound going into in the game in overtime, game seven in overtime against St. Louis. And it could have very well been Dallas being the one to skate away with Cup. So it's tough because it all feels like it's, it's all an issue. I mean, there's mm-hmm. not really one thing that I would say they've looked particularly well at. Um, yeah, I, I, think, guess, I guess when you lose six games to start the season, things yeah, aren't there's just it's a lot just of not stuff, a lot yeah. of positives. I mean, I guess there are some positives that you could take out of it. Rupe hints, um, you know, he kind of showed out in, in the playoffs, and everybody realized that hey, Dallas has a great young forward who could be a superstar in this league, and he opened the season on fire as well. I think he scored you know five points in five the first five games. So you know, but unfortunately, he's one guy. He's only on the right. ice so much. Um, you know, so there's things like that. Mira Haskinen still looks a phenomenal out there. You know, there's not really too much of a concern of a sophomore slump with him. He looks like a, a vet in the league. Um, he just plays with so much poise and skill. Um, and it's really, really good. I think the frustrating part to the whole start has been, though, that Stars fans are really upset and and I think rightfully so that you know the team has come out so flat when they were hailed as a favorite over the summer um and then what it's led to is oh let's fire the coach seven games into a season after he took the took the team to a double overtime in the second round and I'm sitting there going I don't think that that's gonna be the answer quite yet but at some point you've got to figure out what the what the main issue is um, and the offensive system this season looks really bad. Um, mm. And I'm going to be blunt. It does not look good. Um, the guys get into the zone and at times they look like they know what they're doing. And then at times they look like they're thinking too hard. And I don't know if it needs to be a simplification. Um, kind of like they did at the All-Star break last year. They realized, hey, we're not going to outscore everybody but we can be one of the most defensively stout teams in the league and then they were I mean they were gosh one game away from winning the Jennings trophy to be honest right so I mean there's there's a lot there and it's just you I feel like it's more uh it might be more mental at this point and so I think taking the time to just go out there giving them free reign to just go out there and play make some plays get creative on the ice and, you know, hope that you can start banking in some points or some wins. And then I think it'll all kind of naturally shake out at that point. So this is Jim Montgomery's third season with the Stars? Second season. Second season. season. Okay. So that is, like, super early to get down on a coach. Although, to be fair, we did kind of – by the second year, we kind of knew what we had in Dave Hextall. So um, I guess it's not that quick. I don't know. It still feels. He seems so good last year. Like we were super into the Jim Montgomery thing just because he used to play for the Flyers and the Phantoms. Um, He did so well in college. Like Bill from Broadstreet Hockey Radio was like super, super into the idea of hiring Jim Montgomery when we were talking about firing Dave Haxall. So we kind of expected big things from him. Um, So it'll kind of be disappointing to know that it could be him that's ruining such talented team, which a coach can absolutely do. You know, and honestly, I'm not sure if it's him specifically. Uh, the only thing that changed last year last year to this year that on the coaching staff is they brought in John Stevens. And from what ah. I understand, he's been put in charge of the of the offense. 
Oh. And I know that he is like oh. a big friend of Montgomery and like a mentor to him and all this stuff. But, you know, at some point, <laughs> if it continues to look like a train wreck and you've got Todd Nelson and Rick Bonus and Jeff Reese and those guys who were all here last year, the only thing that changed coaching wise was him. I, I do, you know, maybe it's. I don't know that it's necessarily Montgomery, although he takes the flack for all of the coaching decisions, right? Because he is the head yeah. coach. But, like, I do – I am starting to wonder if it's more the ire should be directed a different direction by the fans. You know, yeah. but at the same time, it's still only seven games, right? Like, it's right. not yeah. like the season is over. It's yeah. maybe made yourself more difficult, Um you know, but at the same time, this team did the same thing last year to themselves, and then they were fine down the stretch, and they got in on a wild card and then made a lot of noise. And I think that's what's different about Montgomery teams is they actually don't start off great, but then he yeah. gets them all on the same page, and they tend to they tend to be, like, rolling on all cylinders by the time the playoffs turn around, which is when you want your team to be hitting their stride. Obviously, we saw yeah. when Tampa was like, oh, hey, look, we can just coast to the playoffs, and then they had to turn it up a notch and then they got swept in the first round you know yeah i'm not an expert but knowing that john stevens is running your offense makes me think that you have identified the problem maybe just based i don't know that we've got out here at the same (laughs) time i mean the players you know they have to take their fair share of course of the blame as well i mean jamie ben tyler sagan alexander radulov john Kleinberg, those guys have kind of looked almost non-existent at times in the game and so I don't know if it's that they are really displeased with this system and they just don't want to play or what I don't know what the answer is and that's why I kind of wrote and said this team needs their to find their Gloria moment and I wasn't saying like hey you know go from worst to first and it's going to be a magical run or anything I'm saying they need to find that thing that brings them all together that gets them all on the same page Whatever that thing is, I don't care what it is. It could be giving somebody a pair of cowboy boots after every game. Do whatever you got to do, though. Find it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's super silly, but sometimes it really is just something as silly as picking a song to play after wins. And, like, somehow that just brings everybody together, and now we're all friends, and now we can play good hockey together. Sometimes it's done it, like, a million times. Yeah, and I'm not saying that there's a problem in the locker room. Don't get me wrong, because there really isn't. And this team is fairly close on and off the ice um, from all the interactions that I've seen and everything that we've heard. Um, I don't have any reason to believe that people don't like each other. But, you know, I think it's more just you can like each other, but, like, also maybe not work well together yet because you aren't as familiar with them. So maybe it's a matter of just, like – taking the time to kind of gel and getting to know each other more than just, Hey, look, a puck, let me go after it. (laughs) And then there's nobody there to take the cross ice pass that you're trying to make because they haven't caught up with your way of thinking. So you, you mentioned him there pretty briefly. So as somebody who admittedly pays very little attention to the Western conference, shamefully, um, Rupe hints like on a team with Tyler Sagan, Alexander Radulov, Joe Pavelski, with all of these names, like I'm looking right now at your stats and he is the leading scorer on the team. Um, yes, tell is. me a little bit about this guy and why he's doing so well. He's very fast. Ah, he is help. very fast and he's deceptive with the puck. He has a release that I think 
can kind of fake goalies out at times. He looks like he might be going, um, you know, he, he looks like he might be driving straight at you and he's going to shoot out your chest. And then all of a sudden he's flipping it up over your shoulder. Um, so he has the ability to kind of change his attack. And when he's coming at you with speed, he can blow past defenders like there's no tomorrow. So that's what's really kind of one of the reasons why he has been off to such a hot start. He's cooled off the last couple of games. Um, I think that maybe the team was kind of like, hey, those are all great and everything. But then, you know, when you do get burned for a goal against, it kind of sucks um, because you're trying to go the other way. So I, I don't know if they were like, hey, you need to rope it in a little bit. Or what I think is actually probably more likely is team started to go, oh, shit, this is a guy that we have to worry about when he's on the ice. Yeah. Um, and, you know, what you would hope would actually then have given Sagan and Ben more space to do something. So, you know, I just hope that they can kind of figure out how to start putting some pieces together here. So apart from Hintz, um, who Flyers fans who pay attention to things may already know about him, um, if there's a guy on the team that you would say flies under the radar a bit media-wise, but who you think could do some damage in this game against the Flyers, who would you say that is? Who, buddy? Um, gosh, uh, I feel like a lot of people know our big guys. Yeah, you, um, it's pretty wild know, how many big names you guys have. I always forget. Yeah, that's why it's so perplexing as to why they are so bad. Yeah, like, they're our paper too good is to a really good bad. team. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I would actually say so. I guess my player of the game, if you want to call it that, I think. Uh, Flyer stands need to know about is Radic Foxa. So Foxa is the shutdown center of the stars. Um, he plays a two-way game. He's a heavy, heavy minute um, player for the penalty kill. Um, and he's big. <laughs> like, he is not... He's he's just really large. He's a very large human being, and as a five-foot-two person, like, I can... I mean, a lot of people like big, but he's really big. Um, I'm like, looking surprisingly at you know, 3, so. 6'3", yeah. that's a big boy. Yeah, yeah, he's a big boy. Um, but he doesn't skate like a big guy. Um, so he actually can skate fairly well um, for a player of his size. So I would say that he's probably the one that you'll see a lot of in the sense of shutting down your top players. And if your top players are having a bad night, it's probably – a likely result of playing against Fox and company. So, okay. He's my guy. Um, who's better at Klingberg or Heiskanen? Just out of curiosity. Oh boy. Um, so that's a fun loaded question for Stars fans because there have been people advocating for the trade of John Klingberg. I swear every season for the last four damn seasons. And really? I watch it throttle every single one of them. Mainly because you just don't find 60-point defenders growing on trees, and I don't sure know that don't. realize that. But also, <laughs> not just that. He has one of the friendliest deals in the NHL. I'm not just talking about defender-wise. I'm talking about period. The dude makes like $4.5 million, and he's a top defender in the league. He's top five. He's a, he should be a perennial Norris contender this beginning of this season excluded but I mean he should be in the discussion every year um he's that good uh so I think when you so I think if you're talking overall game 
uh, defense and offense, you probably actually give the edge to Haskinen because he is that sound defensively. Um, he's not a guy, even though he's, he's kind of smaller, he's on the smaller side. Mm-hmm. Um, he skates, he's got one of the most fluid strides. Like I could literally just watch an hour's worth of tape of him just doing crossovers and it would be like poetry in motion in my mind. So I, I would give the slight edge to Haskinen mainly because of age and how well he looks already. Mm-hmm. And I think it's only a matter of time before his offensive game really starts to shine um but he's had some nifty goals of his own um and then Kleenberg I think is the overall better offensive threat for Dallas from the blue line at this point in time but I think at the end of both of their careers you probably will be ranking Haskin and above Kleenberg but maybe not a large gap between the two I have an idea so Flyers fans hate Shane Goss despair and Dallas fans but I, but hate why? John Those Klingberg. Bears seem so great. Because he too is off to a slow start and he had a bit of a bad year last year, but people have also forgotten that scoring defensemen don't grow on trees, especially when they're on incredibly team-friendly contracts. So it's pretty much a parallel situation, except I think Klingberg is probably a bit better. Um, so we should just trade those two one for one and then no. make everybody happy. No. No, no, okay. no I because I think both of our fan bases might be kind of off base on this one. They might, they might be <laughs> a little bit off base about these. Yeah, just a little bit. Just um, a little. A little bit. So turning to the Flyers a little bit, is there anyone that you are looking forward to watching play against your team tomorrow night? Oh, man. Um... I'm curious to see the goaltending situation. <laughs> yeah. Mainly because I don't really know which goaltender we're gonna see. Like I'm in, not necessarily in terms of in terms of no, I'm not I'm not oh. talking about in terms oh. of name. I'm talking about are oh. we gonna see the ones where the stars make them look like they're Vesna winners or mm. are we going to see Swiss cheese? Mm. That's more what I was kind of getting at. Okay, um, that's fair. Same could be said for our side. So to be fair, I don't think it, <laughs> it's it's not related to just one or the other. Um, so yeah, goaltending. I would actually like okay. to see um, Ghost Bear personally in in person again, just because you say he's off to a slow start. We say Klingberg's off to a slow start. So now I kind of want to know what does the slow start mean for each of the two fan bases relatively? Yeah, that's actually a really interesting question. Um, For us, it seems to be that he is not scoring all of the goals. And so we've decided that he sucks. Um, For us, it's always, well, Klingberg doesn't play defense when really that's a fallacy and everybody should honestly like, they should really watch each season like it's a new season and not bring in their predispositions. But I know that that's harder to do as a fan and also hard to do as a human being. (laughs) Yeah. Also, I'm not sure who Klingberg is paired with, but Ghost is paired with the literal worst defenseman on the team, um, which perhaps might have... That's who Nero Haskinen was paired with last year, which is why it's honestly so surprising that uh, 38 people left him off of their Calder ballots, you dummies. That's fun. Um, But yeah, Ghost has Robert Haig um, as a partner 
for mm. reasons that are beyond my comprehension. But um, for reasons, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it could have something to do with his uh, playing like garbage. But I digress. Um, okay, so I think I think I've asked you all the questions I wanted to ask you about the Dallas Stars. Um, like I said, early in the season, there's not a whole lot to go on for either one of our teams, except for yours is off to a slower start than they should be. Ours is perfectly average again so Which far. Which is where most people expected them to be. So, yeah, maybe but, not high off their expectations there. Well, sadly. See, the funny thing that happens with Flyers fans is that we are the most negative group of human beings in the world until the team gives us a reason to be positive. And then we are so positive that as soon as they lose a game, we're all the way off the train again. It's like a whole thing. We can't just be moderate, normal human beings. We're all the way up or all the way down. So you guys really commit to the roller coaster. Got it. Oh, it's so exhausting. I can't begin to tell you. <laughs> Hockey is exhausting. Following really a team is. and loving them is really hard. <laughs> it is the hardest thing. I don't know why we do this to ourselves, but at the end of the day, it's supposed to be fun. And usually it is, but you know. It's like that kid from the Washington Capitol said, you know, hockey is supposed to be about fun. It's not about the winning. It's about fun. I love that kid so much. What a we good need more content older. like that in hockey. Seriously. I'm just saying. Um, the puppies, totally on board with the puppies. If Dallas wants to give us one, kind of distract from their really shitty start to the yeah. season, totally on board. Let's go. Every team should have a puppy for sure. <laughs> get a easy. team dog. Actually, what would be really funny is if um, they followed through with getting a team cow. So on they April, we're going to get a team day, cow? On April Fool's Day this this year, the stars tweeted out this entire video that they had produced that basically said, um, hey, look at the new edition. Here's this team cow, and it's a literal cow. And um, they're like, yeah, so you'll see him uh, around, around the arena here soon. And it was an obvious April Fool's Day joke, but... We we really actually would, wouldn't mind seeing a team cow. It would be different. And very on brand for Texas. I was going to say that would be <laughs> extremely fun and also incredibly Texan. So maybe it's a Maybe idea. they're uh, waiting to bring him out uh, for the Winter Classic. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Just watch yeah, the so cow out with like a little toque on his head. Like, he may not even need that, to be honest. Oh, that's <laughs> true. It's Here in Dallas, I don't, I don't yeah. know if we're going to be quite that cold um, on New Year's Day. I think our average our average low or high on that day is like 42 or something. So I don't know if it's too weather necessarily. Uh, probably um, not. Not the way that at least you guys understand the cold. Our yeah. definition of cold is a little different down here because when it gets yeah. into the 50s, all of a sudden we're like, ooh, it's chilly outside. Let me put on all of my fall things. And <laughs> people probably from everywhere else around the country up north probably laugh at us. But, you know, um, I can honestly say that when I went to Philadelphia last year, it was probably one or two years. Oh, oh almost two years ago now. Um, it was probably one of the coldest I've ever been because it was pretty chilly out. Um but I did enjoy the Christmas market, and I got some mold, mold wine, so I was feeling pretty good. That helped. That, that always helps with the cold. You just got to get a little booze in you, and everything's great. So yeah, I don't know how much uh, I don't know how much of that we'll have for the Winter Classic here, but I do think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, if they do anything the appropriate way, you will see the giant big techs of the Texas State Fair 
dressed in a Dallas Stars victory green jersey um, and some skates on his feet because that would be amazing. And then I'm hoping it's kind of like a carnival-y atmosphere where... It should be. It really should be. Know, that should be the way this thing goes every year in every It's market. at the Cotton Bowl. The co- that's exact. That's what we do at the Cotton Bowl now. You know, college football really doesn't take place outside of Texas OU anymore. Um, and Texas OU always happens during the state fair. So when you talk about what people know of the Cotton Bowl these days, that's what they think of. And so that's what I want people from out of town who decide to come down to Dallas for, for New Year's Day and take in the Winter Classic here and the first non-traditional market to host it. I, I think that would be putting our best foot forward. So I'm hoping that that's what they end up doing. Yeah, they should listen to you because all of that sounds like a really good idea. I'm just saying, I am a marketing person. So, you, you know, know some am, stuff, I'm yeah. ready for, I'm here for hire if anybody wants to add me as a consultant <laughs> for the winter classic. <laughs> okay, so the last question I'll ask you is the same one that I ask everybody. And then that is to give me a shot in the dark final prediction for the score of this game. Where's it ending up? It's going to be like 5-1. Which way, though? Probably going to be Dallas on the one side, so I'm going to go with that. Really? Yeah. I'm kind of hoping that tonight is the night that they bust through for their – I feel like they're due for a big, big win, and it would be really cool if it's against the Penguins. Uh, Of course, again, we're we're taping this on Friday, so as Dallas is playing them right now, I'm kind of hoping that that's what ends up happening. Um, I would like it if it happened that way. (laughs) And then it would be this big emotional, like, high, and then they would kind of crash back down to earth tomorrow, which I think would help fire sand. So, I don't know. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Uh, I could be totally off base, and maybe it goes the other way because they're so ticked off that they haven't been able to figure it out yet that the Flyers are exactly who they need to play to get that big win. I was going to say, I, I don't know if you've noticed, but but Flyers Twitter specifically has decided that a team that has one win is going to come into Philadelphia and absolutely and just completely over the Flyers. Because crush that's, you? Yeah, that's how the Flyers like to do. See, is, is but, that's like, but that's negated by the whole starzing. The yeah. whole starzing is that that is so not going to be what happens. <laughs> yeah, so you guys are going to be starzing. The Flyers are going to be flyersing. It could cancel each other out. So I'm going to say, so I'm on like a positivity kick that I refuse okay. to let die until the Flyers absolutely murder it Crush out of my soul. Every ounce of joy from you. Got Which it. they could, you know, very likely do. It wouldn't be the first time. Um, but for now, I'm remaining positive. So I'm going to say with the Stars starsing and the Flyers flyering, it will be a very close 3-2 hockey game Flyers win. That's what I'm going with. Okay, I'm revi- I want to revise my answer now. You're allowed. I'm going to say it's a 0-0 shutout for both goaltenders, and some team loses one nothing in the shootout. God, I don't like that one at all. <laughs> I think that's right. Well, when we started talking about Flyers, Flyers Arena, and Stars Starsing, I'm kind of like, oh, well, I think actually that might be how it ends up. <laughs> that would be both of those things happening at their peak, so... You might be onto something, but we'll see. Um, exactly. All right. So we have got the Dallas Stars. When you're listening to this, I will say tonight, Saturday night at 7 p.m. in Philadelphia, 6 p.m. in Dallas for the Stars fans who, of course, are listening to this because why wouldn't they? Um, of course. But yeah, thank you, Taylor, again for joining me. Taylor from Defending Big D. If you want to learn about the Dallas Stars, go head over to that website and read their excellent writing. 
Taylor, thank you again. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, go Flyers.